Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hi, my loves. Welcome to episode 73. The work isn't working. I've talked about this a lot on the podcast as an aside and probably one of my millions of Mary Claire Byrne tangents (laughs) off to the side, but I really wanted to make an episode about this because I guarantee all of my clients who come to work with me to get them the results that they came for. If they do the work, if they do the work in between the sessions, if they are sending me their thought models, if this is the first time you're listening to this episode, my whole coaching approach stems from the premise that your thoughts create your results. And I mainly use two thought model tools by Byron Katie and Brooke Castillo. I use them on myself. My coaches use them on me. My coaches use them on themselves. Your thoughts create your results. And what I love so much about this work is that it really fucking works. Your thoughts will create the result of stopping wanting him or her back. Your thoughts will create the result of you authentically loving yourself. Your thoughts will create the result of finding true love. I guarantee my clients these results. A, because I'm a really good fucking coach. B, (laughs) because these tools work. I am a product of this work working. This does not mean that I don't experience negative emotion every freaking day. I set high goals for myself every freaking day. I recently moved for love. I have been very transparent with you guys over the last few episodes. Follow me on Instagram, Claire the Heartbreak Coach. I love being super real that this transition has been really challenging for me. I'm in a pandemic. I I know one person. My boyfriend is my lover and all of my friends in one person <laughs> in this in this town and I had a lot of shit come up and a lot of old trauma come up. You can go back to the episode heartbreak in your ideal relationship. And I've, I've really touched on it in the last few episodes. So trying to stick to the topic, (laughs) but again, I love my side tangents. I'm, I'm letting you know that I've created the life of my dreams. If you've been following me for a long time, you know that I was broke as a joke, hit my rock bottom with my rock bottom narcissistic sociopathic ex nine years ago. You can go to episode five, My Heartbreak Story. You can also go to My Heartbreak Story on my website, clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. We'll put all the links in the show notes. But I have been on a journey. I think um, hopefully... If you are interested in hiring a coach, whether it's me or someone else, you find out what that coach's journey was. Who are they? Why are they serving you the way they do? If there is a a skinny person selling you weight loss coaching who's never, ever experienced being overweight and the process of moving through that, then why would you hire him or her? If you're hiring someone who is a money coach and they've just always grown up rich and really don't know much about 
the experience of being in lack and believing that money happens outside of them, you might not want to hire them. I'm all about, and maybe you do look to each their own, but I'm really interested in hiring the person. Like I've shared so many times that my coach, Stacey Bayman grew up very poor. And even when she started her business, I want to say it was four-ish years ago. She had two spoons and no furniture. And in the last 12 months, she's created $4 million serving coaches and teaching them how to make money as a life coach. And she teaches us a process that only keeps us in the highest level of integrity. Uh, a recovering Irish Catholic here. So I used to feel so guilty about selling. I used to not think I was valuable enough. I used to feel bad taking people's money. I never could have imagined charging what I charge now and feeling really good about it. Sometimes those sneaky thoughts come in. Like this past week, someone wrote on my Instagram. She um, was like, am I reading that right about my price? And um, you're this for, for therapy, for six months of therapy. And I just deleted the comment because I have no interest in, in engaging with the haters. I think I've shared with you recently that... I, I like to use learning lessons from my haters and serve you guys because I understand I'm making strong statements here. I'm very opinionated. I'm a stubborn Irish woman through and through. And I understand that things on this podcast and things that I say might come out off as a contradictory. So if there's a lesson in, in the hate, sure, I'd love to serve. But I realized I was letting the haters get to me more than the lovers. And I receive so much more love than hate. But I was really thinking about this particular comment. And I, I thought to myself, you know, the future version of myself would just say, uh, nope, it's not that for therapy. It's that for life coaching. There's a difference between the two. Check out this episode. I did an episode with my uh, former therapist, Ashley Graber, on the difference between coaching and therapy. And I think it's an excellent episode. We can actually link that up in the show notes as well. So I still will have wobbly thoughts about people judging me on my price, judging me on what I talk about and all the things because I'm a human, still a human, but I get to evaluate. And for sure, too, I, I am not sitting here just because I'm a coach and I say the work works and I know it works and I'm so great because I've created all these results with these tools. You know, I, I'm still growing as a human. I'm still growing as a coach. The coach I was when I started out five years ago is nowhere near the coach I am and I'm so excited to learn about the coach I'm going to be in five years from now, because I'm just constantly expanding and growing my mind in ways that blow my mind. Uh, I have a laugh with my coach, Stacy. You know, I'm in my third year of working with her. I started working with her June 2018. I pretty much like quadrupled my business in the second half of 2018 prior to working with her. Then I doubled my business in 2019. I'm ahead of track to double my business this year. And every time I have a new goal and I'm going to be exploring different ways to really be able to serve you guys at a higher level and serve to the masses. And I'm, I'm good. That's going to be the next level because it's something that I've never done before. And I'm not trying to be vague on purpose. I'm, I'm figuring this out with my coach right now, what my next strategy is and how that's all going to look and be, but it's something I've never done before. So when we've never done something before, our brain is like, we don't know how that's impossible, right? It's not going to work. That tends to be the trend for our brains. That was my trend forever. It's not in the cards for me. I've never found love before. I'm already, now I'm 39 and I'm with the man of my dreams, the love of my life. Prior to him, 
I was, I was really starting to do the work on calling him in, but I would say for a majority of my life, and I used the evidence of the shitty fucked up relationships I was in, in my twenties and the evidence of the fucked up shitty relationship I was in, in my thirties to prove my theory that it's just not in the cards for me to find this unbelievable, better than Hollywood romance love. And I felt that way about money. I was a struggling actress, feast or famine mentality, some really lucrative years, some creatively really exciting years, but maybe it wasn't financially lucrative and rubbing dimes together to pay rent and hustling, hustling, hustling and teaching yoga and running my body into the ground in New York City, carrying heavy bags for changes of clothes for auditions and my yoga clothes and hopping from subway to subway in the freezing cold or in like, you know, scalding hot heat. I sound like people from the olden days. I had to trudge in the snow and like flip flops 10 miles to get my education. (laughs) But I actually just reconnected with a very close old dear friend of mine. We just hadn't spoken in in a while. And she was really close to my painful situation, my rock bottom situation at 29, 30 years old, when I was moving through that, that worst time of my life. And she was so freaking patient with me and was so amazing to me. And she is very successful in her field. And, you know, we just spent a lot of time together and I just always looked at her in such admiration and, always looked at her as like, she has something that I don't have and I have to like really work for it. And she just like things come effortlessly to her. And I never was bitter. I mean, we spent way too much time together. And I think I've shared with you guys before that for better or for worse, my Irish Catholic upbringing is always be as happy for others as if it was happening for yourself. So I truly, and she was just so good to me and is still so good to me that, um, it was never, I have to say it was never a jealousy thing. It was just like, yeah, of course these things happen for her because she's amazing and she's confident and she's smart. And, you know, she's got this energy that people are just so drawn towards. And I I just felt like I don't have that. I don't have that. She, of course, she has all this going for her. I don't have that. And she really believed in me and believed in me as an actress, believed in me as a person. And I actually just remember even being so honored that I was such a close friend of hers and that she we I mean, we would spend pretty much every Saturday night together and just have such a blast together. And I I even think that's crazy as I'm talking this out. And there's a reason I'm, I'm, I'm going here for a reason. So stay with me because this is on topic with the title of the work isn't working. I just remember kind of thinking, why would she choose me? Like she's got so much going for her and I'm just this depressed lump on a log. And she loved me and we had great laughs together. Again, I can, I can credit my Irish Catholic upbringing for that. In the depths of despair, I always had a sick sense of humor going for me. So that for sure. And that's something that I really love to infuse in my coaching is we're always going to have a laugh, even in the depths of your despair, because laughter truly is the best medicine and thought work. But the reason why I'm bringing up this very close friend is that at the time, she always, you know, I was living in New York City for a long time and we were close for many years. But I mean, she really showed up in spades for me. Oh, my God. I was also so sick one time. And she like came into my my infested tiny apartment and brought me crackers and Gatorade. She was just the most generous, loving 
loyal and committed friend to helping me. And when I was 10 pounds underweight, she, she would take me to dinner and make me eat. I mean, she was just unbelievable to me, but something she used to always commend me for is how hard I work. She, and it makes me a little bit emotional because I just never commended myself for my hustle, my hustle as an actress, my hustle as a yoga instructor, building a private yoga teaching business, Um, just my hustle to heal. I was such a hustler. I was such a hard worker. And so here we are. We've, I mean, we've talking, we've talking. Oh my goodness, you guys. <laughs> we've obviously kept in touch. She's back in New York. I'm here. We've, we've seen each other and talked a lot over the years, but it had just been a while as, you know, it's crazy with the pandemic and everything going on in life. And she and I just had a great catch up the other day. And she was just telling me how proud she is of me and, Um, how far I've come in all the ways. And, you know, when we were wrapping up the call, she said, you know, as I always said, you're the hardest working person that I know. And I forgot that she said that to me back in the day. And and my thoughts about her saying that back in the day were, but yeah, I'm hustling, but I'm struggling. It's not working. And the harder I work, the harder it feels like it is. And something that really I want to make clear is that I had a pretty solid yoga teaching business. I had acting jobs. Like I had enough going for me. I was getting in amazing doors in New York City. I had great opportunities. Like I had enough evidence to support that I could be a successful yoga teacher. I could be a successful actress. I just always knew I was never hitting my potential. And I also believed that I had the qualities that would make a great partner. Um, But I also know that in those dysfunctional relationships, I always want to make this clear. It takes two. My lack of love for me was attracting partners who were a mirror reflection, who would be all in, and then they would push me away. But I behaved in ways where they would push me away. And I shared this in last week's episode called It's Not Your Fault. I was referencing this rough transition and and moving from L.A. to Santa Barbara for love. It was such a big decision for me to change my whole life, really. I'm changing a lot about my life with my particular partner particular partner as if like there's one of many, this particular partner, I just have one and I'm planning to spend forever with that one. But again, I'm not going to go into details at this point in time. I promise you guys, I will share more on that when the time is right, but I've made changes for my future because of him and his life. And I want to, I did that from a place of such love, but there were just to, to keep it simple. There were a lot of big decisions that I made in a short period of time to choose a life with him. And it came from, it all came from such a place of sufficiency, but it's one thing to make decisions and then you implement them and then it's happening. And you're like, ah, what's happening? Are we really doing this? This is, and, and what I've shared in the past episodes is it's too good to be true. And then what really came up in my self-coaching and with my coaches who know me so well was I don't deserve him. That came up for me. That was an old wound. So here I am sharing with you guys, the work absolutely works. I guarantee my clients results in the same way that Stacy guarantees me business growth results. But it doesn't mean that life isn't 50-50 as Brooke Castillo always shares. 
50% negative, 50% positive, especially when you are growing and your brain is not used to being the person with a multiple six figure business, being the person who's found true love. It truly, it, I, I, I've been sharing this a lot lately. For those of you who are listening and heartbroken and you're eye rolling me because, oh, poor Claire, she's living in this lap of luxury with her dream job and her dream man and she's freaking out. Oh, I feel so sorry for her. Wait for it because it's happening with my clients. They come to me heartbroken. Then they grow exponentially with this work and then they become this new version of themselves and they're freaking the fuck out. They're freaking out that it's all going to go to shit, that it's all too good to be true, that another shoe is going to drop. This has been my experience. This has been their experience. It is par for the course. Gay Hendricks talks about this in his book, The Big Leap. It is an upper limit problem. And we often self-sabotage because our brains don't know how to handle it because our brains create the results. Our brains aren't happy and relaxed because all of a sudden this money comes in because all of a sudden the right partner arrives. It is your thought about the money. It is your thought about the partner. If your thoughts have been used to producing results with a negative bank account, a negative net amount in your bank account, and then all of a sudden all this money comes in, your result will ultimately be a negative amount in your bank account again. It isn't the money coming in that has changed your life. It is your thoughts about the money. But if you, have the, if you haven't changed your thoughts, if you haven't changed your relationship with money, the money will disappear. It is the same with when you lose weight. If you are not managing your mind, this is why people gain it back a majority of the time. It is the same when Mr. or Miss Amazing comes in and you have not done the work on yourself Somehow, in some way, shape, or form, even though that person shows up totally different, he seems totally available, he totally seems like he has his shit together, he totally wants the same things you want. You haven't done the work. You haven't changed your thoughts about you. You haven't changed your thoughts about you in your romantic relationships. It will blow the fuck up in your face. And you'll be like, why does this happen to me? Nothing is happening to you. You are happening to you. And this is where shit gets tricky. This is why I did the episode last week. It's not your fault. Your thoughts don't create someone leaving you. That person's thoughts about you makes them leave you. Now, can you do some fucked up shit? Could you cheat on someone? And then he or she says, that doesn't work for me. I'm out. Absolutely. But some people stay in relationships with cheaters. That's how we know it's all neutral and it's all about the other person's thoughts. This doesn't mean if you've cheated on your partner and you're devastated and you feel bad and you didn't mean to self-sabotage, but you were doing some self-destructive shit to you and to your partner, that doesn't mean that you don't take responsibility and say you're going to do the work and change and grow and heal and make up for it and commit to that person, right? But it doesn't also mean you have to say, oh my God, it's my fault. I mean, as I'm saying that, <laughs> I would absolutely say it's my fault if I cheated on my partner and he left. Right. But like at the end of the day, everything is unfolding the way it is supposed to. And you have the opportunity to rise to the occasion and understand why you did what you did. And how are you going to show up differently? Even if you lose that partner, are you going to forgive yourself? Are you going to look at what your brain was thinking? Are you going to go get help? Do you still want the result of being in a solid, monogamous, committed, loyal, lifelong relationship or long term relationship? If so, you get to do the work to create thoughts, to be that person in your eye ideal relationship. Sometimes we do the most fucked up shit. I always look at 
and recovering alcoholics or anyone who's a recovering addict. And then they've been working a 12 step program. And then now they've like, they're living these amazing lives. I even look at me. I was just living such a dysfunctional life. I had such a dysfunctional relationship with myself about my body, my finances, my career, my love life, all the things. If I hadn't been in such dysfunction, I never would have done the deeper digging of the work to literally have the most amount of abundance I've had. And I know so much more is coming my way. I really look back and I'm like, so freaking grateful. I moved in with my narcissistic sociopathic ex two weeks into us dating. I knew him for a couple of years before, but I knew that man was trouble. When I met him, I was like, that man is fucking trouble. Run the opposite direction. And I knew he had a thing for me. Fuck. He had a thing for anyone with a vagina in our theater circle, but I did feel the vibe from him and I let myself get sucked in. Best fucking decision. Because guess what? I would not be speaking into this microphone if it wasn't for that experience. If it wasn't for that experience and even all the stumbling that I did, because that was nine years ago. And I would say my life has officially been thriving in the last three years, but it took me the last 10 years or nine or 10 years since that, since that situation unfolded for me to get to here, for me to do all the trials and errors of healing my heart, what worked, what didn't work, for me to get to here to teach this to you. I wouldn't change any of it. And I know that there were people looking around me being like, Claire, you are so much smarter than this. Why are you engaging with this guy? The writing is on the fucking wall. Get out of it. And I didn't. I stayed in it exactly the amount of time I was supposed to stay in it. And I was supposed to date Mr. Unavailable after Mr. Unavailable after Mr. Unavailable after that douchebag. I really was. No one was ever as bad as him. Everybody seemed to be a step up after him, which really the bar was set so low. So that's not saying much. I still had more cleaning up to do. It wasn't one big aha and the snap of a finger. And now Mr. Wright is going to arrive. I didn't have the tools. I didn't know of life coaching. I didn't know there was such a thing as being a heartbreak coach. Maybe there wasn't even a thing of being a heartbreak coach 10 years ago, but there is one now. And it's me. You're listening to her. But all those years, my loves, throughout my 20s, because I I would say just late 20s, I had a toxic relationship I was in. I'm now actually good friends with him. It wasn't because someone was an asshole. We just were not compatible. But that was definitely my first adult heartbreak before I got into the rock bottom relationship at uh, 29, 30 years old. And I really, that was that first adult heartbreak, really at 28. It was a pain that I had not yet experienced. And then it had to get that much worse with rock bottom, uh, maybe a year and a half later. That was really what got me into exploring yoga, meditation for, for on a spiritual level. <laughs> I was such a cliche actress who just moved to LA and I was living with actresses and they were like, you might want to try Kundalini yoga. And it was like, su- yeah, such a cliche experience, but um, Kundalini was really healing for me. And I started reading all the books and understanding that 
all of these situations were happening to me for a reason. And I was having a lot of ahas and I just was so passionate about the growth work and the healing. And I was going to different healers, different Kundalini teachers and going to watch authors speak and doing Reiki and was inspired to become a yoga teacher and really committed to a meditation practice and journaling, sought out different therapists, finally found a great one, Ashley Graber. If you've been listening for a while, I've had her on a few episodes and that really was the first time that I found someone who really got me. And we spent a lot of time working on just being compassionate to myself for the thoughts that I was producing. That was a key component that I was missing in yoga. Not that yoga doesn't teach that, but at the time it just wasn't really resonating with me or it just didn't register in my brain. And I was so impatient. I was so frustrated. I didn't know how to transform them. And Ashley was just a significant healer in my life to teach me to be okay with what is coming up. And I had a lot of resistance with that. We spent at least a solid year on me learning to just be with my pain and put my hand on my heart and be the person to give myself that love. And then I have to say, coaching was the thing that was going to help me transform my life, but that didn't happen for a few years. I didn't really discover it for a few years. And even with my training, it was like I was scratching the surface, but I was still in my own way in a lot of ways. And and really and truly, it wasn't until investing in a high powered coach. And yes, I invested in Stacy to coach me on my business, but she really has coached me on my entire life. But I hustled and hustled and worked and worked and was exhausted and was working a personal assistant job and was babysitting and was just doing everything to keep it together. And I felt like I was showing up and I was doing all the things and I was journaling and I was meditating and I was allowing myself to cry and I was doing the yoga. Why isn't this working? Why haven't I found the love of my life? Why am I still financially struggling? Why do I look in the mirror and berate my body every fucking morning? Why do I have to step on the scale and decide my worth based on that number. Why? I'm trying. I remember you guys. I remember looking up to God. Again, I've mentioned multiple times now I'm raised Irish Catholic. I don't consider myself a devout practicing Catholic today. I won't get into all of that, but I do consider myself a very spiritual person and I connect to uh, God. I, I absolutely believe in God and, you know, to each their own, if you're listening, whether it's the universe or whether it's nothing, but that's what it is for me. So I just would look up to God and say, what am I doing wrong? Show me, show me. I am here. I am ready. And you know what? Sometimes I just said, fuck you. Fuck you, God. I'm trying. This isn't fair. I was so wallowed in my victim story. I was doing everything. It's so clear as freaking day to me now with the tools that I have and the life that I have was that I was hustling. And what I said to my dear friend when I got off the phone with her, I said, I was working my ass off, but that work didn't matter because my mind was unmanaged. My mind was not in alignment with what I wanted to create. I was more attached to my victim mode. I was more attached to it's not fair. I was more attached to that motherfucker who fucked me over. I was so attached to all those stories than I was to me 
being the manager of my own mind, of my own world, of my own life, of my results that I was going to create because I had the power to do that. And I didn't know how to, and I was searching and I didn't find the right teachers. Actually, I take that back. I found all the right teachers at all the right time. I really believe I needed Ashley. And I, I teach a lot of what I worked on with Ashley of being a compassionate witness, of knowing when my clients are in the depths of despair, I'm about to start. By the way, you guys, a lot of you are coming in droves. I've hit a business milestone last week. I'm so excited. And I'm starting with a lot of new clients this week. So I'm super excited. And I'm about to start my first session with a client today who literally got broken up with, or she broke up with him. And I'm not going to get into the details because I haven't asked her yet if it's okay. Um, but obviously most people are coming to me heartbroken. Everybody's coming to me heartbroken or frustrated with their patterns, with who they're attracting in their lives. And she is ready to do the work. She has been studying coaching and listening to coaching podcasts and someone referred her to me and she'd been listening to the podcast. And she said, she wanted to hire me and get to work even two weeks after. And she's in shock and she's in a lot of pain, but she had to do this. She had to break up with him. I won't give you the details. For sure, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, supporting her that this was the right thing to do. So she's coming to me very raw and wounded. I'm not gonna be like, let's just change your thoughts. I'm going to honor where she is. I'm going to honor her pain. I share all the time that healing your heart is not a linear process. I'm going to meet my clients with where they're at. I needed that stage for a very long time with Ashley before I was going to be someone who was like a mover and a shaker in her life. <laughs> I really needed that time with her. So all the right teachers were showing up at all the right times. I also was in a mentality of even though Ashley was seeing so much change in me and so much growth in me and a lot of healing in me, I felt like if I was experiencing pain, then it was still bad. If I was experiencing pain, the work wasn't working. If I was attracting another douchebag or an unavailable guy, the work wasn't working. Not true. The work not working is just a thought. But when you're doing work and believing that it isn't working, guess what your result is going to be? It's not working. You're not happy. By the way, the result, it's not working, is still a thought. Really, it would be still heartbroken, right? Still haven't found my person. Like I said, as I had shared uh, in previous episodes and uh, in this episode, when I was really going through a rough patch for about eight weeks in this transition from L.A. to Santa Barbara, and I just was overcome with a deep level of pain that had nothing to do with my partner, nothing to do with really anything except for the thoughts about myself. And stay tuned because I'm going to be writing another article for Kourtney Kardashian's Poosh on this topic because it really showed me and I'm so glad that it did. It really showed me that even when you find the love of your life, you can experience heartbreak if you still have old residual stories about yourself. But never once in this pain did I ever think the work isn't working. I did think this is fucking hard. Where is this coming from? Oh my God, I'm having these old residual stories come up. As I've shared, I was working and still am working with an emotional freedom technique 
practitioner, Lena George. We can put the link in the show notes to her. She's amazing. She does Zoom sessions. I'm um, sure many of you are familiar with the tapping technique. And so I was tapping and I mean, there were, there were just, it was like a well of tears and a cry that I had not experienced in years that she really equated to old trauma coming up, which I hear Brooke Castillo saying, you're right on track, sister. You have ev- you've, just, you've just created everything that you want. Of course, this old layer of trauma is coming up. I never once said the work isn't working. Even when I didn't want to show up for my coaching calls, I did. And I shared on the call, I want to hide. I don't want to talk about this. I feel so much shame. I, I admitted exactly the thoughts that my brain was producing, but I never resisted the coaching I never avoided the coaching and I never let my brain believe that this work isn't working because I had the results. I had the man. I had the man showing up for me when I was feeling super fucked up. We're only dating 10 months. He saw a side of me living here that he had never seen before, but this is the work. And the, you know, going back to last week, what I was sharing with, it's not your fault. People are scared that if they reveal their truest selves to their partners, that they'll reject them. And it's usually because someone else has rejected you for it. But what I shared on last week's episode is I had done so much work on myself, the right kind of work on myself, right? From the right mindset, not just working, 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 reading all the books, going to therapy, and and then just like leaving a therapy session and just expecting that you're going to be all better. No, it is day in, day out, thinking thoughts that yield you the results that you're looking for, that yield you the healing, that yield you the partner, that yield you the self-love. But what I shared on last week's episode is, I did have fear that if he saw this quote unquote broken side of me, this unhealed side of me, that he would reject me. But I knew, and he proved this to me yet again, that I was in a position where I know the work worked because I attracted a partner who signed up for all of me and I signed up for all of him. And he sees so clearly how hard I work on myself, how hard I work on my healing, how hard I work on my personal growth. And he knows that I love him more than anything because he knows I'm not the type of person that's just going to leave her very full life in another city for one person. So it's, it's, it, what I shared last week was that the up-leveled me attracted the up-leveled him and that there was more of the new me than there was the old me that has attracted that up-leveled partner. Whereas when people come to me and they say, I was doing all the work, but then I just attracted this guy and he's a douchebag and he rejected me, right? It isn't that your work didn't work. You just have a next level of work to do on yourself because your partner is always a mirror reflection of you. So let me just slow that down again. Even though I just went through a very dark period, eight weeks where old trauma came up, I never once thought this work isn't working because I'm living in my oceanfront apartment where literally two years ago, I was living with a roommate in a pretty crappy house to keep my rent low so that I could keep investing in my personal coaching and keep investing in my business because I believed I was going to get to here, right? And I did the work and I did the work on my value as a romantic partner 
with my brain and I attracted this up-leveled man. I up-leveled my life. I up-leveled my finances. I up-leveled my career. I up-leveled my relationship with myself. I up-leveled who I believed I really was in romantic partnership. And I know some of you cringe where I'm talking about money. Your money is a reflection of your value. This isn't about being flashy, but I had no value in myself and my finances revealed that everything in my life revealed my lack of value. And so I got to work with these coaching tools, especially in the last two and a half years of my life. Thank you, Stacey Bayman, Lifesaver, and so many coaches that I've worked with. But specifically with Stacey, she's been the one consistent coach who's worked very closely with me and shown me my value and taught me how to expand my brain. And so there is a reason why I attracted my dream partner, soulmate, I truly believe. And old shit will come up when you up level with that person moving, starting a life with someone after 15 plus years of either being really comfortable alone or really comfortable in dysfunctional relationships with unavailable men, right? So then I get into that ideal relationship. We then take the relationship to the next level. I get here, it's a pandemic and just all these sneaky thoughts started to come up. And I looked at those thoughts. I did the work and I felt the pain. And even when I came out of that river of misery and I shared it with my mastermind group and Stacy, I was like, I'm out of my eight weeks of, of a river of misery. That's what Stacy calls it. And she was like, you know that those rivers of misery can last a lot longer. So not bad. <laughs> right. But I just needed to like keep staying in it. And I, I, I did the work. I allowed the grief to come up in the same way that I'm going to do that with my client who starts today, whose heart just got broken two weeks ago. It felt fresh. And that's what my emotional freedom technique teacher said to me, Lena. She was like, you know, this is an old trauma that feels very fresh. She's incredible. She watches your body. She's very in tune with old wounds and what your body is saying. And oh, I cannot shout her from the mountaintops higher either. And so I had to work through all of that. But the reason why I know I didn't lose my partner during this time. And I was not my best self. I have shared this. I was not my best self, but he saw me leaning in and doing the work. He saw me being vulnerable with him. I, I was super honest with all that was coming up with me. And like, you know, I also just sent out a, a video to my list. So get on my subscriber list. If you haven't, I send free content that you might not see on Instagram or might not hear here about how it's impossible to freak the person who you're dating out, because again, it's their thoughts about you, right? And I have to, this is something that he and I are really on the same page about is he's really raw and vulnerable with me. And I'm really raw and vulnerable with him because that's only going to bring us closer and it's only going to make us grow. And it's only going to keep the love alive and fresh. And people joke about, oh, honeymoon phase over. We are really committed to keeping the honeymoon phase going for the rest of our lives. And you can do that with your thoughts. And I believe, and he believes that being really transparent with each other, as uncomfortable as it can be, what if, what if I tell him all these things? What if he sees that I'm not as secure and confident as I was when we first started dating? What if he sees this side of me that's just, you know, what if he thinks I'm needy? What if he thinks I'm desperate? What if he thinks I'm crazy because I was so in love and all in? And now I'm like, what am I doing up here? I had those moments and he could have freaked out and rejected me for that, but he didn't. 
And the reason why is because I really want to reiterate this again. It's because I have done all this work that attracted him into my life, but that the work doesn't stop even when you find your ideal person who wants to grow with you and heal with you. He's got his own growth work. He's got his own healing work to do that I'm also super supportive of with him as well. And so your behavior can't freak that person out or push them away. And when you're doing the work and you're showing up, And you're being real with your thoughts and real with the work and looking at what your brain is thinking. And when your brain is thinking, I hate myself, I don't deserve this, this is too good to be true, and it's so loud and it's so visceral and it's so real and your body is just purging it and you're crying, crying, crying and you feel like it's out of control and it can't stop, that is the work working. Being real with what your brain is thinking. I know you guys listen to this podcast and you're like, oh, I'm just changing my thoughts, but I changed my thought. I changed my thought. But you have to get really real. Is it really true? Sometimes, like I'll set a business goal and at the beginning of the month, I'll have that number in my head of how many clients I have space for and how many clients I want to sign. And I'm like, oh my God, in the bag, done. And then what if it's halfway through the month and maybe I've signed two clients, right? Or no clients. And then I look at the circumstance and how I feel about that goal, completing it by the end of the month. I have to be real with what my brain is saying. And more likely the chances is that my brain is going to say, clock is ticking, right? And clock is ticking might feel like a circumstance. It's not. What you're basically saying is I'm running out of time because We all think when we have extra time, it's easier to create the goal. That's a very natural thing for us to think, right? And so you really have to be savvy with what your brain is saying. You have to be on to yourself. That is the way that the work works. I let my brain take over for those eight weeks. I did for the most part. Every time I thought there were a few times and you guys might have seen some posts where I'm like, I was in resistance and now I came out. I literally there's a there's a picture of me sitting on a beach chair in Santa Barbara a few weeks. I don't know how long back, maybe five weeks back. And I'm like, guys, I've been in resistance and now I'm out of it. I went right back into it again. So sometimes we think that we've got it figured out. And Stacy said this to me the other day. Whenever we think we've gotten it figured out after coming out of a slump, You only know that you figured it out when your results change. Now, my business has just like totally taken off in the last couple of weeks in a totally different way. But I felt the shift because I also... There's an episode that I did called How Committed Are You? A few weeks back, I did it halfway through the year officially. I said, we have six months left. And I got real clear about those results that I want in December 2020. I renewed my vows with my goals. I renewed my vows with myself and I renewed my vows with my partner. Guys, calm down. We're not getting married, (laughs) but like my vows to the partnership that we have and why I moved here and what I want with him. I, I would be devastated to lose him. And I saw how my brain was freaking out and wanting to stay safe and small and, and maybe second guess, like, should I be here? Because it was so scary to me to take this leap. And he was nothing but amazing and showing up. That's why I'm, I'm writing this article for Poosh Heartbreak when it has nothing to do with him and everything to do with me. But really, ultimately, your heartbreak always has everything to do with you, my loves. It's always a reflection of you and your relationship with yourself. The work 
always works. It just might feel really fucking uncomfortable, really fucking painful. But when you show up and you are real with your brain and you are honest with yourself, I find my clients do this a lot. They were like, well, I did think, Ooh, that makes me feel like I'm not enough, but I know, I know I'm enough. And I can tell that their brain is really more attached to saying, I'm not enough. Go with the painful thought that feels more true and look at it and be with it. And if it takes eight weeks or eight months, fucking be with it. It will pass. It will be really fucking uncomfortable. And there will come a point where you're like, I'm ready. I'm clear. I get what this is. And I really think it took me a while to get what it was, which was my inability with the capacity to have all that I created. And again, cue your eye rolls. I get it. I remember when really successful actress friends would say it was really hard for them to enjoy their success. I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't understand what that meant until probably now. Now it makes sense looking back. But when you are real with what your brain is saying and you are honest and you look at it with patience and grace and kindness and compassion and you watch it from a place of curiosity and not judgment or impatience, your clarity will come. Your healing will come. Your lover will come. Your happiness will come. Your lightness, your brightness will come. Another old actress friend just just wrote me on Instagram. She wrote me privately and just said, you look like a different person. And I agree with her. I do look like a different person because I am a different person because I do the work every day, even if that means leaning into misery for eight weeks until I figure out what it is and how I'm ready to shift out of it. The work always works. Don't believe that bullshit lie. And if you keep showing up, whatever work it is, if you're showing up to a therapist's office and saying, this isn't working, this isn't working, this isn't working, try showing up with the thought this is working and know that you gave that healer and that work your best shot with the belief that it works before you leave and try something else. Everybody has different ways of the way they want to heal and grow and create the change in their lives. I obviously am drinking my own Kool-Aid and think that I have the solution to heal your heart, fall in love with yourself and attract your ideal person. Absolutely. 100%. I teach you to be on to yourself and 100% I am going to be on to you. And it is going to be humbling and it is going to be frustrating. And the reward on the other side is just absolute pure fucking gold. And I just said this to a client the other day. It will be that much more excruciatingly painful to do the thing that you need to do, whether whether that's cut off contact, leave a toxic person, whatever it is, it, it, it's painful to stay in the frustrating relationship, or it's painful to keep repeating the same patterns with Mr. Unavailable after Mr. Unavailable, but it's comfortable. It's what you know, but it's going to be gut-wrenchingly painful to break the pattern because your brain is going to freak out if that's what it's been doing all the time. It will be that much more painful to show up, get coached, make the decision that you know you need to make, but you are terrified to, and then do the healing work. That's where I've got you. And then watch your whole world transform for the better. And your world might get that much more shitty before it gets better. But I will never take anyone's money if I don't know for sure I can transform their lives and transform their heartbreak into the best lives ever. But they have to be willing to do the work. They have to be willing to show up for the work every day, not just one session a week with me. It's an all-in process. It absolutely fucking works. And it is so worth it because are you listening to this podcast just going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh? When are you going to say yes to yourself? 
And I always say this, if it's not me, go find someone who, who is the right fit for you. The right person, the right healer is out there for you. 100%. Do not give up. It doesn't have to take you 10 years the way it took me 10 years, but it was supposed to take me 10 years for me to get to here to say 100% we can do this in six months. A lot of my clients are re-upping for another six months because we're just taking it to the next level. There's always a way to deepen your growth. I'm hiring a coach uh, obviously I work with Stacy on my business and Stacy really does take in my entire life, but I am actually hiring a coach to just stay in my up level. How fun is that? And that doesn't mean stay in my up level so that I never experience negative emotion. It's just, I want to be coached on being Claire in this thriving business, being Claire in this thriving relationship, being Claire living the high life in Santa Barbara and managing her life where, you know, not so easy to be like making besties <laughs> in a pandemic, right? But I consider myself a super independent woman and I'm on the phone all day, every day. And I have such an amazing available partner, but it was a daunting change. So embracing all of it, I'm just hiring a coach to embrace what I have and what is. And as I take my business to the next level, really managing my mind on my worth and my capabilities, even though I have so much evidence prior to show that I know exactly what I'm doing and that I'm in the best hands and I have the best coaches. And if you think I'm the best coach for you, stay on till the end of this episode for information on how you can apply for my six-month one-on-one coaching program. I do not do one-off sessions. That is not where the results happen. I don't let people pick my brain for one little question. Sure, I do my push videos and my push articles and I hop on Instagram stories and I make points. But if you're listening and thinking that you just need to pick my brain on one little thing, is it really that... Why wouldn't you want to go all in on your whole heart and make it the dreamiest, most fun, most passionate, most exciting, most high as a kite love that no Hollywood romance story could write? I'm living that right now, even with the challenges, because I don't think any great relationship doesn't have challenges. If you are listening and you're like, oh, no, we're great. We're great. We're great. Are you really great? Do you want to coast or do you want to up level and take your relationship to this? It's, it, I think about my, my best friend, Danielle Savory. She is a sex coach and she has an amazing podcast called It's My Pleasure. I've had her on here. I've been on her podcast. And when people just say like, oh, I don't really need sex. Like sex just isn't really a priority for me. Why not? It is a function of the human body that we all need. And there's so much power. I'm going to say it. There's so much power in your pussy. Got that from D. (laughs) But truly, it's like, why would you not want the highest of high loves? Why wouldn't you not? Why would you not want to have crazy, passionate, amazing sex? Don't believe that just being with one partner for however many years makes it stale. No, your thoughts make it stale. Your thoughts make your marriage stale. Your thoughts make your partner stale. The partner isn't doing it. The marriage isn't doing it. The time isn't doing it. Why don't you want to just live your best life in all areas? And if you really want to live your best love life, again, stay tuned to the end of this episode and apply. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye. 
My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.